Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Have you ever dreamed of something so much that roadblocks continue to get in your way and force you to persevere? Well, the same thing happened to Joey Zamboni when he was striving to become a sports broadcaster. And after working multiple jobs in independent baseball, finally broke through to minor league baseball, went viral for his unique way of sports broadcasting using analogies and metaphors, and is now working as a full-time broadcaster for the MLS team in St. Louis. And I had the opportunity to speak with Joey about the lessons that he's learned throughout his career and what his journey taught him in this episode of a yeah, sports yeah, yeah. Hold up. welcome back into iggy sports talk i am your host jakey nizuski or iggy for short if this is your first time listening to iggy sports talk in each and every single episode i try to look at the deeper aspects of sports and tell inspiring stories to help you strive for your dreams learn how to overcome adversity and ultimately live each and every single day to the fullest. And one person who's been able to strive for their dreams and overcome that adversity to also ultimately make their dreams a reality is Joey Zanaboni, who's currently announcer for St. Louis City Soccer Club and was previously with the Fredericksburg Nationals. And that's where he really made a name for himself and went viral just a year ago for his unique way of broadcasting baseball games using analogies and metaphors one of them is like, I haven't seen anything on fire like this since we decided to get rid of our living room couch. Boy, that Walgreens parking lot got a little wild that night. And many more that helped him be able to catch the attention of baseball fans and ultimately helped him make an appearance on MLB Network. But his journey wasn't smooth sailing from the start. He worked for multiple independent baseball teams just to be able to break into minor league baseball. But as Joey said, those experiences made him into the person he is today. And he spoke with me about the lessons that he learned throughout his broadcasting experience and share some ad valuable advice for aspiring sports broadcasters as well as much, much more. Now, let's get into my conversation with Joey Zanaboni. So how are we doing today, Joey? I'm doing good. Yourself? I'm doing good. Can't complain whatsoever. Doing my best to, you know, start off the new year on the best foot that I can. Uh, but you had quite a 2022. And I, I bet that you have lots of big goals for 2023. But one thing I really like to do is help people sort of reflect on the previous year and think about some of the, the best moments that they had during that last year. And so for you, what are some moments that pop up into your mind that, you know, re really helped you cherish 2022? Yeah, I think that it was a great year. I think that for me, one of my long-term goals had been to work in affiliated minor league baseball. So getting an opportunity with the Fredericksburg Nationals uh, for the 2022 season was really something that uh, was an attainment of a goal and also a springboard for some other cool things. I was able to work with uh, ESPN for the Big 12 Championship Baseball and uh, part of a broadcast for MLB Network as well. Uh, but really, when I look back and kind of go over the year, the things that I'm most proud of are uh, that we were able to raise over $150,000 with the Fred Nats for various charitable uh, organizations in the greater Fredericksburg area, including Code of Support, which is a, a tremendous organization that supports families of veterans as they come back uh, from war and from tours of duty. Uh, really just an incredible organization. And a lot of that came from uh, post-game auctions that were both live and online that I was 
a part of and uh you know being able to raise money through that as well as uh through a personal initiative of mine voice for v which is uh, a v foundation fundraiser it is ongoing um in support of dick vital as he went through his cancer battle and continues to go through his uh health battle here uh, to honor one of the great sports broadcasters by raising money for a great cause that he's, he's very fond of and is, Mm -hmm. you know, extremely supportive of uh, cancer research, specifically finding a way to eradicate uh, childhood cancers, uh, pediatric cancers. It's really a a great cause. So that's ongoing. We were able to raise about $2,000 last year and uh, you know, hoping to get to a $5,000 goal uh, in the first half here of 2023. That's amazing, man. I, I I think, you know, especially with with whatever platform you got, being able to, you know, help others and, you know, uh, promote different causes like you like you just mentioned is so important. And, you know, you know, really looking through your journey, it's it's pretty incredible what you've been able to do uh, throughout your career, especially just in the last year or so for, for people who who don't know about your journey through throughout 2015 to 2021, you were trying to get into full season minor league baseball and you know, you, you reached out to, you know, 75% of the teams to get a chance. And, you know, after seven years of uh, announcing an independent collegiate and short season baseball, and, you know, you, you finally got that opportunity with the Fredericksburg nationals and, you know, really started to gain steam through different viral videos through, through your funny and unique analogies. And I'm curious when, when did you really start using those analogies uh, through your announcing? Yeah, you know, I've been doing this professionally since 2014 and really about the first half of my career. So until about 2018, I had a lot of phrases that I would use that were a little bit quirky. I didn't really think of them as being quirky. Uh, I didn't really kind of lean into them or share them quite as much. And then about 2018, I was uh, just a confluence of things. I I just kind of became more aware that it could kind of tap into people's archetypical view of an American sports announcer, which I Mm -hmm. think has been lost a little bit uh, as the corporate game has taken over. I mean, so much of sports broadcasting, these big monolithic corporations, I do think there's kind of a a trend toward conformity because I think that, you know, the booth has become just another extension of the boardroom to, to some extent. And Mm -hmm. so I think I felt like I was positioned to fill a hole in the market of this sort of idea that people have about this announcer that uh, shows like Brock Meyer or movies like Major League, uh, you know, have helped to promulgate, keep alive and which have established a a type of announcer that to many people is actually more real uh, than the the corporate, uh, you know, cutouts that often become the become the sports announcers uh, on national broadcast. So, you know, I, I just kind of identified that I had, I've had many experiences working in professional baseball for eight years uh, to kind of get to that point. And yeah, I just, I just kind of leaned into it, I think, because it's really fun for me. And I think that that's one of the big pieces of sports announcing advice that I really always go back to uh, Doris Burke. She had said she had done it for some years and, one night she was watching a game with her son and her son said, you know, if you're having fun, then we're having fun. You know, if you're having a good time, then the audience is having a good time. And she said that really helped something to click for me. Um, 
she took a different sort of approach after that. And, and obviously she's one of the most successful broadcasters out there. So it's, it's something I think about a lot. And, uh, you know, I do believe that the way that you feel during a broadcast, it really does determine your outcome. 100%. And, you you know, being able to, you know, make it fun as well. We've seen what the Savannah Bananas have done over the last few years, really sort of amplifying the entertainment of just surrounding baseball. And, you know, luckily baseball's popularity is starting to get back up there. But we start, started to see over, you know, the last few years throughout the news and media, uh, you, you know, people saying it's boring, taking too long. And I feel like with your analogies, it, it brings more entertainment and more fun to the game. And I'm curious if there's any one of your metaphors or analogies that uh, come to mind that are some of your favorites. Oh boy. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy, I forget a lot of them, to be honest with you. I go back and try to, you know, I'll look at them, evaluate them, take some inspiration for the next one from them. So I, I do, I do, uh, kind of try to move on from them from the most part or for the most part though uh boy though just uh a couple that have come up probably shutting them down like my cousin did with my prom proposal uh defense cleaner than a lysol brand only fans account sneak it through like a live cat at tsa pre-check point uh that would be another one uh put a glass ceiling in a gloria steinem memoir let's get smashed uh yeah there's a lot there's a lot there it. you know i i i write them all out of the same formula and you know sometimes uh kind of really pre-plan them i think i kind of come up with some ideas now more at this point try to kind of meld them together spontaneously but i mean the key is the trick is always can you make it seem spontaneous no matter what you're uh what you're doing i think you know going back and trying to start fresh. I know that was something that George Carlin did in the stand-up comedy world. You know, you, just kind of starting fresh and trying to come up with new things. That's really the thrill of it. It's just, it's really why I do just the games, even though you always know kind of sort of how the games are going to go. Just, you know, the newness of it uh, is really what keeps me coming back. Yeah, and I love it. And instead of saying, you know, on the outside corner, that's that's the fifth strikeout for, you know, Tyler Johnson. You you know, you you use those phrases to make it a little bit more spicy. And, you know, the one that uh, I saw on MLB Network, it was like the Jonas Brothers one. And it took me a second to get, but I, <laughs> once I got it, it, it was hysterical. It was, it was yeah. tough to not, not laugh at it. Melton faces like a dumpster fire full of Jonas Brothers masks exactly I, I love that but you know for, from from people who see your journey not only you know whether Jared Carabas is, is retweeting it or you know you're on MLB Network not a lot of people really get to see the behind the scenes and the one thing that I like that you do is on LinkedIn is you really uncover sort of your journey to get to this point and you know a lot of people you know my, myself I'm still early in my sports broadcasting career there's a lot of people who want to get into that sort of career. I'm somebody who grew up, you know, emulating Don Orsillo. I remember I used to do his voice in my in my early on broadcasting. But, you know, for, for somebody who, you know, is, is looking to get into broadcasting from your experiences going through rejections in multiple different jobs, what's the per first piece of advice you would give those people? Be long, you know, go long and, and think long term. Don't think about you know, even where am I going to be in a year? Or where do I want to be in a year? Think more about, you know, where do I want to be in a decade? Uh, 
um, because I've had a lot of twists and turns. I'm still a little bit less than 10 years into my professional career. So I'm still able to kind of, uh, you know, angle and target where I want to be 10 years into my career. But it, it really is just another way of saying uh, be prepared to deal with your own psychological variables, your own emotional variables around failure and around rejection. Um, you know, when I was in grade school, when I was in high school, I really wanted to go into sports announcing, got to college. I did not sort of take the traditional path of studying journalism. I was an English major and I actually focused on poetry and I kind of, I kind of drifted away from it of, you know, sort of the dream of doing sports announcing partially, I think, because I was a little bit worried, is it creative enough? Is it something that's going to really allow me to sort of explore a lot of avenues, uh, but, you know, I think in a larger way, I'm comfortable saying, you know, it's because I was afraid to fail. I was afraid to, you know, do something and have people say, oh, this is bad or, you know, or maybe it's good, but you just kind of never get anywhere with it. You're spinning your wheels. You know, I mean, it's it just it's a very it's a very tough business. There's many, many aspects of it that are not really fair. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, it's it's a tough it's a very tough thing. And you know, just kind of getting a little bit of an unorthodox start. I was 22. I had just graduated from college. I really, I, I just said, I have to give this a try. I have to do this. Uh, you know, initially kind of getting in the door some places was difficult because I wasn't, you know, a journalist major. I didn't go to a big, you know, college university mm -hmm. and study journalism, or I didn't have, you know, a ton of experience before that. I had uh, some little pieces of experience but I just said, I'm going to learn as I go. And if I make mistakes, I'm going to, you know, get better at them. And if I get rejected, I'm just going to go on to the next thing. And that experience of really going the long way of working in independent baseball for six years, working in community college baseball for three years, division two baseball for two years, it gave me such a look of how, wide and diverse and interesting baseball fandom really is and it also gave me a, just a ton of opportunities to just sit down and broadcast the game sit down and put words to it in a, in a lot of different sports in a lot of different ways and it really ended up benefiting me and it just it took a, a while I think to kind of get where I sort of wanted to be which was in the baseball world the full season minor league baseball and and having some opportunities with some networks and things like that. But I, I really, I didn't want to focus on the results. I just wanted to focus on the process and just on having fun each day. Mm -hmm. That's why I did it. That's why I, I've gone through it. And I just think that for me, I, I mean, I'm unbelievably appreciative of the professional uh, support and, you know, when Jerry Carabas and stuff retweets and things like that, I mean, it's, it's awesome, but really the satisfaction of the job for me has been the personal growth where I can look back now, I'm 31, I can look back and say, wow, I'm a lot different than I was when I started this when I was 22. And I was a lot, I'm a lot different when I was, you know, 26, 27. I've seen that personal growth. Um, and I think that I've, I've been able to uh, just become a better person, really. It's, it's one of those deals where I do think you get to a point where you realize uh, making your dreams come true, your professional dreams come true. is really only one part. You have to, you got to pursue those. You have to stay the course, mm -hmm. but that's not enough. 
enough. You have to be a good person and right. you have to continue to grow in that way. I hope that you are enjoying my conversation with Joey Zanaboni, but I just want to take a second to talk to you about this week's sponsor, which is Versus Game, which is an opportunity for you to make money from your knowledge with questions that are 1v1 and you get paid if you are right. As a player, you can play for free or you can play with real money by purchasing ticket bundles and going up against players that choose the opposite answer as you. I'm actually going to be coming up with a few questions over the next few weeks that you can interact with. This week's question is, would you rather be a sports broadcaster or a sideline reporter? Let me know your answer by visiting jakeiggy.onversus.com and also visit www.versusgame.com on the mobile web and I'll be talking about the result of this question in the next episode, as well as introducing a new question. I'm also going to be replying to comments as well. So after you vote, let me know your reasoning on why you picked the answer that you did. I'd love to hear from you. Now, let's get back into my conversation with Joey Zanaboni. That really resonates with me as well, because um, you know I'm 23 right now, going on 24 in the mm. uh, next few weeks or so. But I, I oh, even over the last two years of how long I've been in this business so far. It's really cool and reflecting and, and being able to see not only the growth professionally, but also mentally as well. And, you know, I went through a situation right after college where uh, I had rejections after rejections, sort of like you mentioned, you know, trying to get into full season minor league baseball and, um, you know, having some self-doubt, uh, some frustration, some imposter syndrome. And, and I'm curious from from your experience, uh, you know, trying to get to that place of full season minor league baseball, how did you not allow the self-doubt and frustration deteriorate sort of your, your passion and, and willingness to go towards your dream? Yeah, I mean, you battle it every day. <laughs> it's just it never goes away completely. I think that, you know, you get to a point where you're able to kind of move on from things and go through things a little bit more easily in terms of kind of how the frustration and what have you affects you. Um, you know, I mean, I had one of the more unique sort of starts in minor league baseball, which is that when I, when I was uh, really just getting started, I was 23. I had been doing it a little bit in independent baseball and summer college ball. And <clears throat> I got a chance with a short season minor league baseball team uh, called the Orem Owls, no longer uh, in Orem. I flew out to the place on my own dime and uh, I got there about 10 days before the season started and the team told me they wanted to do a promotion called Caucasian Heritage Night and it was a terrible idea I was you know an intern who had just walked in the door I didn't have a lot of influence I tried to stay professional and tried to stay respectful but also voice my disagreement with putting something like this on and I would say what followed was it was a huge mess um you know, my advice was not heated. The team decided to at least launch the idea to put it on the calendar. Uh, there was an incredible mess and firestorm that followed. I did not feel like the team really was taking any responsibility. And I ended up resigning from the team. And basically, you know, there was a, as there always is sort of a whirlwind of headlines and things like that when those type of uh, terrible ideas and disrespectful ideas are brought to light. And, uh, you know, I, I left that team. There was, you know, some trauma sort of emotionally and mentally for myself because the day after I resigned my position, uh, there was some professional and emotional trauma just from interacting with the people that were part of the organization 
who did not show respect for fans, for coworkers, et cetera. But a large piece of it was the day after I left the position, there was a, a newspaper article published by the Salt Lake Tribune and then picked up by Deadspin and USA Today that actually blamed me for the event. It implied um, some of them explicitly, some of them implicitly, that I had come up with the idea for the event and had resigned in the fire storm. Luckily, I had evidence that the complete opposite was true, and the story was subsequently changed uh, before any legal action had to be taken, though I considered that quite strongly. And it was corrected. It was an interesting lesson in the national media. You can go from being the absolute villain and then about six hours later become the absolute hero. Um, (laughs) It was kind of scarring. It was very odd and it was very uncomfortable. It was not a position I wanted to be in, but I just tried to do the right thing. At the time, I was working at a historically black college, so I felt like I stood up for the values that, I mean, my employer and and my community really stood for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as the years went by, I wasn't getting the bites. And I, I do think that part of that was because there was some association with this thing and there was some confusion and there was all this stuff. And then, you know, there's also part of it of it's just a lot of people applying to very few jobs in minor league baseball. I understand that as well. Probably, like I said, about 2018, 2017, 2018 was when I kind of started to lean into the one liners both on the broadcast, but also just sharing them on social media because Mm -hmm. I wanted to move on from this traumatic event that unfortunately I had found myself ensnared by. And from a professional standpoint, two, three years after it, I felt comfortable saying I have to get people talking about something else. I'm very proud of what I did, but the truth is, is that if I'm going to get to where I want to go. I'm going to need people to talk about something else. And so I made the decision to share this quirkier side of my broadcasts, uh, you know, in part just to move on from that. And to some extent, I think, have I been maybe too successful in that? Because now I think when my name comes up, people will just think about the one-liners and that stuff. It's just, it's the curse of, of life. They don't remember you for the best thing you ever did. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that that's, you know, one of my, one of my challenges now. That makes sense. I, I'm sorry you had to go through that. I, I can't even imagine sort of like the PTSD th- through all that sort of situation, especially, you know, trusting an organization after that happened mm-hmm. and being able to, you know, be, have willingness to, you know, continue, continue down this path. And, you know, one thing that, you know, when researching for, for this interview, I, I thought it was pretty cool that the letter that you wrote to, you know, everybody that has supported you after your opportunity uh, with MLB network and, mm. um, what one line that really stuck out to me is, is you wrote, never give up on your dreams, never stop being you. It's no secret that I have dealt with adversity in my career. Everybody does plow through it. Let the passion you have be your torch, your individuality, your fire. Never stop trying. Talk a little bit about that quote a little bit. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you reading that because to be honest, yeah, I couldn't remember that word for word. I, <laughs> I woke up. I had been in New York or I guess Chicago, New Jersey for that broadcast. I'd taken a train all day and I kind of woke up. We were in Lynchburg, Virginia with the Fred Nats and kind of wrote that right as I woke up. And it's, it's a good line. I mean, I think that 
you know, it goes back to persistence and uh, kind of added on to the last question as well to circle back. You know, I, I was thinking back on the, the six teams that I've worked at least most of one season. So half of a season or more for, and I, I realized, you know, four of the six teams that I've actually worked for have folded and are basically out of business. And mm. I think three of those six folded within one year of me leaving. So I either was with the team, they folded, I moved on. Uh, River City Rascals, Rockford Aviators, Texas Airhawks, Johnson City Cardinals, which the franchise still exists, but it converted to a summer league team after 2020. And it's just, it goes back to that. You can't control what happens on the business side. And, you know, the truth is that a lot of teams, especially in independent baseball, I mean, it might be a 15 year lifespan if, if they're a good, solid, independent team. I mean, it's just, it is what it is, right? So there's a lot of stuff you can't control on the business side and on the, on the side of just outside factors, how people perceive your work. And I just think that, that passion and that individuality, that is what you can control. And you have to show courage. You have to show toughness. You have to just keep going. And remember that the best things really take you by surprise, where if you're patient, you'll get things that you never knew you wanted. Uh, there's a great quote from Oscar Wilde, who's one of my heroes. He said, there's only two great tragedies of life. One is not getting what you want, and the other is getting it. And it's a paradox and an epigram, which he was extremely famous for, right? But I, I think that what he's getting at at the heart is you spend so much time saying, I want this, I want this, I want this. And if you don't get it, you're upset. And if you do get it, you find, boy, I spent all this time wanting it, desiring, I need it, you know, and I needed it this way. You get it exactly in that way. And it doesn't satisfy you. The things that really satisfy you and bring meaning to your life are completely out of the blue for me that was the Fredericksburg Nationals just about this time last year uh general manager Nick Hall actually uh emailed me or messaged me I guess on Facebook and I had accepted a friend request from him like five years before we had never talked I had never emailed the Fred Ness or one of the few teams I, had, I don't think I ever reached out to and just kind of out of the blue he said you know I've been looking at your work and I've been watching your stuff and we'd love to you know, work together sometime. And that was pretty much how it, how it worked out. So it just, you have to be in the game though. You have to be in the environment to get those surprises. And I think that word patience that you brought up is so key. Cause that's one thing that, you know, for, for myself, you know, still earlier in my career, like I believe everything happens for a reason. I'm somebody who believes in manifestations. And so, you know, I write down a lot of, you know, what, what, the goals that I have, like I've already had them, but like one thing that I always try to keep in my mind is, you know, when I start to get anxious, if things aren't happening as fast as I want them to, that is about the journey, not the destination. And I th I think being able to have that patience, especially working in sports is super duper important because you really don't know when those opportunities are going to fall right in front of you. But, you know, that hard work really does pay off. And, you know, especially in those moments when you're at a low point and you feel like things aren't going your way, those are the toughest times to really get motivation. I'm, I'm curious from your times through adversity throughout your career, what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned during those times? Patience. That's really the biggest lesson. I think you hit it right on the head. You have to be willing to wait. And I think one of the 
shortcomings or one of the flaws of the broadcasting industry is that there are these jobs that people expect, oh, I have to be 23, 24, 25, 26 years old. If I don't get it by the time I'm in my mid twenties, then I'm behind. You know what I mean? It just, it just doesn't really impact the quality of your work and going the longer way will probably make your work, uh, you know, better. It just teaches you to be more patient. It teaches you to be kinder to the people around you. It teaches you to be kinder to yourself. And yeah, I do think that because there's sort of this idea of, of people getting things in their early and mid twenties, if you don't have a resume that a lot of employers look for, you know, if you didn't go to Arizona state, Syracuse and Northwestern, and you can't kind of, and I'm not saying that those people haven't earned it or anything like that. They, mm-hmm. you know, have done a phenomenal job and they've done a great job to get to that point. But yeah, there is sort of a, a limiting valve around these jobs and people, I think, get away a little bit from what the work actually is. Another quote from me is, is Friedrich Nietzsche. Many are stubborn in pursuit of the path, few in pursuit of the goal. And just being able to kind of come into this business with a little bit of fresher eyes, having a, a background more in the humanities and literature and things. I, I really felt like I just want to do a good job on the work. I just want to do a good job in the game. And for me, the, the barometer of a good broadcaster is not the level they're at, but it's, I mean, if you're doing a little league game, does it sound like a major league game? Does it sound like you have that passion, that undeniable just enthusiasm and, you know, other areas, obviously the expertise, do you know about the players and things like that? But do you have that undeniable enthusiasm to bring that game to life? Or can you take a a 10-3 ball game where it's over by the fourth inning? I mean, can you take that and make it interesting? Can you take that and make it where people are like, I got to see what happens next. I still have to stay with this because I got to see what's said next. And I, I just think that when you're focused so much on just where am I going to go? How am I going to get with this team? How am I going to get with this level? I, I just think you start to get away from some of that stuff and uh, patience and just a, a commitment to the each game and a commitment to the passion is really, uh, it's a value system that's, that's done unbelievable things for me just personally. I think it's helped me professionally, but it's, it's really helped me, to understand what's important in life from a personal perspective. I, I think being able to, you know, have that mindset is, is super duper key, you know, especially, you know, when you are a job surgeon, because you can, you can have and make up those limiting beliefs so easily that if I don't get to this place by 25, you know, in, in your mind, you're a failure, but in, in the grand scheme of life, you know, everybody takes their own path. You know, it, there's no real, you have to, you know, get married at this time. You have to, you know, have a career and a house at this age or or then, you know, everything's over or something like that. But I feel like society a lot of times uh, does a great job of, you know, helping us or curating us to make up those limiting beliefs in our minds. And, you know, especially when you are job searching, that's one of the, you know, toughest parts of it. But um, one, one thing that, you know, I always like to ask people, especially who have, you know, overcome adversity uh, is, is what advice would you give to your younger self? 
a lot. I give a lot of advice, <laughs> but uh, I, one thing that I was thinking right there, it's really a process. I mean, I say these things, I say, it's not like I kind of got to one point. So, okay, now I'm going to do everything this way. I mean, you're mm-hmm. growing and you're continuing to fail and you're continuing to get better in certain areas. And one thing I was thinking about was actually just, I mean, a little over a year ago, it's during the 2021 season, I was with the Sioux Falls Canaries in the American Association. And, you know, I was, I was kind of talking about just somehow we were on the bus and we were talking about different broadcasters and I was talking about a certain broadcaster and I said, oh, you know, this person got a certain job and I, I was trying to get the same job and I can't believe they gave it to him. You know, basically this is why they should have given it to me. Right. Mm -hmm. And I kind of went on and on. And then this pitcher, Grady Wood, who was like one of the all time legends for Sioux Falls. He's, he won basically like the Cy Young of the American association. And he was in his last year of his career. And he said, he just looked at me and he's talking about this other guy who got a job and he just said, good for him. And he said it genuinely too. He said, good for him. And he kind of looked at me like, you know, he's trying to give me a message and trying to give me, you know, a challenge here, just person to person. Hmm. And I really, it stuck with me because I just realized you have to be happy for other people. You can't look at these jobs. And again, this is just last year. So, I mean, I've already been doing it for like seven years. I'm like 30 years old during this season. I mean, you, you spend so much time, especially when you're just like in your twenties, you're 24, 25, 26 years old. You're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this person got this job. And I can't believe that person got this job. And I can't believe I got, you know, I had to take this because this person took this. I mean, it just, it just will drive you nuts. And you just have to be able to say good for him, good for her, good for them that they got it. And what is meant for me will be, um, you know, ultimately, ultimately decided. It'll be ultimately something that I attain if I stick with it, where I need to be. And I just, I think about, like I said, the four teams folding. I think about that experience in the Pioneer League with the Ramals. I think about being in Johnson City with the Cardinals in 2020, which was a great setup. It was a great team that had won the Appalachian League Championship. We got some good publicity for the broadcast. I felt like I've got a toehold here in minor league baseball. And then COVID came around and it eliminated the whole league. I think about some of the opportunities I kind of had immediately after the Cardinals where I feel like, ah, maybe I can get this job and I have an in here and all this. and Those not working out. In the end, it was something that kind of took me by surprise with the Fred Nats to get that offer. And it was just like, wow, this is this is exactly the situation I wanted to be in. It's a really good franchise. It's a really good team. And they're a little bit weird. They they know that they are proud of that. I'm a little bit weird. I know that I'm proud of that. And, you know, we'll let the free flag fly together. And Mm -hmm. I bet you the results are going to be pretty cool, which they really were. And so I just I look back on those other opportunities that I missed out on. And I do think of a quote from Shakespeare. I believe it's uh, Act Two, Antony and Cleopatra. What the gods delay, they do not deny. We, ignorant of ourselves, beg often our own harms, which the wise powers deny us for our good. So find we profit 
by losing of our prayers. And I just think that that really is the advice. I mean, basically just that passage. That's really the advice I give to my younger self, which is you will find profit by losing of your prayers. What you don't get will actually end up being more valuable to you down the line. When you say that, one quote that sticks out to me that uh, I think about a lot is, is is Big Sean said on Jay Shetty's podcast, he said, it's not why this happened to me, it's why this happened for me. Yeah. And that's one thing that, you know, we don't understand the different situations that happen in our lives. You know, that's, that's one thing that, you know, I, I love talking to people like you because, uh, you know, you have these different situations that, you know, pin you down and, and force you to overcome adversity and force you to overcome these different situations. But that's one of the biggest reasons why I believe, you know, everything happens for a reason. We're set up these different situations to help us learn and grow for the future. And especially, you know, when you look at a resume, there's those experiences that you had at, at that different organization. But then there's also that personal experience, that mental experience that mm -hmm. really helped you be able to become the person that you are today. And I think ultimately that's what's most important at the end of the day. Uh, but really appreciate you taking the time today, Joey. I, I think a lot of people are going to take a lot from this conversation, whether you know you want to be a sports broadcaster or you're just somebody, regular person who's, you know, looking to understand what this thing that we call life is and, and trying to, you know, live it to the fullest. But um, really try, really appreciate you taking the time. And for anybody that, you know, wants to either support the broadcast, support your journey, support you on social media, how can they do all that? You can find me at Joey underscore Zana across all platforms, uh, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. So give it a follow. Hope you'll tune in to the Fred Nassa summer and to the St. Louis Ambush, clambush.com, here through the winter and spring. I love it, man. Appreciate you taking the time and everybody going to check him out. Has, has great personality, great energy, uh, and, and great analogies. Can't beat him whatsoever. The best in the biz, Joey Zamboni. <laughs> really appreciate you taking the time. All right. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you again soon. I hope that you did enjoy my conversation with Joey Zamboni and got a little bit more insight on what he's learned throughout his journey and how he was able to persevere through all the adversity that he endured throughout his broadcasting journey thus far. And you were able to take some of the advice that he gave and apply it to your own life. That's honestly my goal for each and every single episode. I want to try and help you be 1% better each and every single day. We only get every second once on this journey. And so if I'm able to help you through my voice and through this podcast to be able to live each and every single day a little bit happier and be able to gain a little bit of some perspective, different perspectives and opinions from the people that I bring onto this podcast, that's my ultimate goal at the end of the day. And if you did enjoy this episode, make sure to subscribe over on YouTube or whatever audio platform that you listen to. I post episodes bi-weekly and I have some great episodes in the vault that I'm very excited about. So make sure to subscribe over there and then also follow Iggy Sports Talk over on Instagram to see clips as well as more updates regarding the podcast. As always, I greatly appreciate everybody tuning in. I hope that you have a great rest of your day. And I'll see you and talk to you next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.